1: Today is Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. Ronna McRomney resigns as Republican National Committee chair at the end of this month. What took so long, Ronna? Nikki Haley humiliated in Nevada primary. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert joins the show. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show solid gold show for you. Why do you say stuff like that? Because solid gold means it's valuable. That's why Donald Trump has all of his stuff plated in gold. We're going to be restarting our Trump Cribs episodes. And we're very excited about that. Been a little tough to get on the president's schedule, but we got there and we're going to show you more gold brought to you by our friends at Allegiance Gold. Ladies and gentlemen, you should uh, protect your retirement, protect what you have earned. By converting a little bit of that cash into precious metals, not an investor, not really advice, just common sense here. Diversification, ladies and gentlemen, gold has outperformed year over year. Consider flipping your IRA or 401k to something you can trust. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Go to protectwithbenny.com today or call 844-66-BENNY. Get up to $5,000 in free silver with qualifying purchase. Protect your future now with Allegiance Gold. Somebody, you saw this one coming, somebody who should have protected their future. (laughs) Sometimes it's so easy. Somebody who should have protected their future is good old Romney McDaniel. These hyphenated names, man. Tell you what, we're gonna cut right through the hyphen and get right to the Romney. So Romney McDaniel is finally succumbing to the tactics that we have been deploying on her and she is resigning. Now this is too late. Okay. She's already done the damage. The RNC has no money. The RNC is trying to take out lines of credit to get them through the 2024 election. So while the rest of us are organizing and are growing and are hustling and grinding to try and save our country from the Marxists, Ronna McRomney has well been spending lavishly on herself, buying private flights, limousines, bouquets of flowers and private bars. Ladies and gentlemen, the spending at the RNC has been atrocious. They have spent nothing on actual, actually winning elections. And that's the Romney way, by the way. Ronna McRomney comes from a long line of losers. Her Romney family has effectively run the Republican Party into the ground. They're from Michigan. How's the Republican Party doing in Michigan? What have they done in that state? Flipped it blue is what they've done. Garbage people. Mitt Romney has uh, ran like a parasite to any state that he could possibly think he could ever get elected in. Mitt Romney also ran a completely failing and totally winnable campaign against Barack Obama. Mitt Romney could, if we had a stronger candidate, if Donald Trump had run in 2012, I think we could have saved the country a little bit faster. Mitt Romney instead uh, was the candidate and got his ass kicked by Barack Obama, was absolutely trolled, duped, and destroyed. Uh, in an election that was unbelievably winnable. And so you have yourself a situation where you have a known loser who's from a known loser family who's now running the RNC directly into the ground. And she's resigning now officially last night, okay? Now, ladies and gentlemen, this has come after a very, very long series of events and a structure that was built that I think has very profound consequences on us our party, uh, and where where it's headed. I think it's really important to not miss this moment and to take, quite frankly, a victory lap for what is and uh, will be written in the history books as the most effective 100% grassroots campaign to ever scalp an official that, by the way, did not have to succumb to grassroots campaigns. It's really, really important here, ladies and gentlemen, What the time that we are living in. And it's important to sort of crystallize this moment. Rana was never going to resign. We just made it impossible for her to stay. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a tectonic shift in power. See, conservative influencers actually have influence. We can actually determine where our party goes and what our party does. This is kinetic warfare. It's geometric. It's hot. And we are deploying it against the people that are out to destroy our party. And Ronna McDaniel is one of those people. Ronna McRomney is here to ensure that the Republican Party bend to the pithy, weak, limp-wristed country club niceties of liberal, suburban white women. Ron McDaniel, at the start of her tenureship as chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, went on CNN and talked about, in the words of the left, how many white men there had been in charge of the RNC. This is going to be a trend. Okay, we're going to get to Nikki in just a second. But the trend here is to actually not run successful Democrat campaigns, but instead to integrate yourself parasitically, Uh, into the Republican Party, our establishments and structures, and to usurp us from the inside, which is why we must be victorious in this battle against Rana. Rana, much like Nikki Haley, is a usurper. She is a Trojan horse. She is someone who cozies up to the left, cozies up to left-wing media, uh, grabs hold, slobbers, And like sucks at the teat of corporate leftism, but does so from the high mantles of leadership inside the Republican party. We are done with that. We have finished that when it comes to people who who can run for president. Somebody like that will never win again. We are eviscerating that in the United States House of Representatives. Mitch McConnell, is beginning to hear calls for his resignation from inside the Senate. We'll get to that in just a moment. And Ron McDaniel, who represented that at the head of the RNC, is now done. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the true battle. This is the true war. To, within our party, root out those who are so weak that they succumb to leftist talking points and to leftist pressure campaigns and to leftist ideology and try to force feed that to us. We reject it. We denounce it. A very special moment here, ladies and gentlemen. Here's Ronna McDaniel. As soon as she became chairwoman, running to CNN, this is a trend. I just want to like sort of set the table for what a repulsive person she is. Runs to CNN uh, to shit talk the Republican Party, because there are too many white guys in it. That's right. Check this out.
2: What do these pictures have in common? Hmm, let's see. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, they, there is a there is a familiar theme here. I'm very happy to uh, add a feminine touch to this wall. The Republican National Committee has a new face with a familiar name, Ronna Romney McDaniel. Your uncle ran for president. So did your grandpa. Yeah. And my mom ran for Senate and my dad had run for attorney general. And I thought, I've got to go get into party politics so I can figure out how to win and get some of my family members across (laughs) the finish.
1: (laughs) It's so freaking pathetic. So everyone in your family's lost. And we love that as Democrats at CNN. And so we love you. And so you're going to continue losing right for Republicans. Right. And Ronna goes, mm-hmm, yeah, blah, pat me on the head. It's so grotesque, by the way, Ronna McDaniel loves going on the corporate media, loves going to the corporate press. And I'm gonna tell you an anecdotal story here about something that is really important that you must know. Living in Washington, D.C., I knew tons of people who work at the RNC, small circles of Republicans in D.C. Most people don't want to go there or stay there. I made a huge, this wasn't a mistake because I learned a lot, but like it was bad idea to try and like (laughs) plant my life there and got the hell out, okay? Got the hell out. But before I got out, uh, I purchased my first home. Somebody purchased a house down the block. This person worked at the RNC, one of their chief fundraisers. This is a very important anecdotal story. I gotta get this up on X. This chief fundraiser for the RNC, this woman uh, invited me over. Come on over. Housewarming. I go over, bring a bottle bottle of champagne, bottle of wine, whatever. Happy housewarming. In the course of the conversation that night, These two, they'd had a couple of uh, adult sodas. These two decided to tell me, um, hey, you know what is really funny is that we actually never tell anyone we work at the RNC. We're worried about that. We're nervous that people will find out that we're Republicans. So we actually tell people we're Democrats. Tee hee 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 hee. -hee." We play like we work for Democrats from the South. And we're like, that's what we are. And so we don't want we don't want the trouble that comes with telling people in DC that we're Republicans. Tee hee 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 he. This is the quality of people that supposedly represent you in Washington. This is the timber of people who represent you in DC. These people, these are the kind of people who run the Republican Party. Country Club. Limp-wristed, entitled, brats, spoiled, weaklings. They dis—they are disgusted by you. They're disgusted by us. They're disgusted by our movement. Ron McDaniel is their Lord and savior, blasphemous. Ron McDaniel represents exactly who they are. Soft, transactional, obsessed, nepotistic. And utterly, utterly human black hole narcissists. Obsessed about their image, obsessed about what the corporate media says about them, tricked, duped, and reviling of the actual Republican base that puts them in power. You and me. They hate us. They are disgusted by us because we are everything they are not. We are honorable noble, hardworking, simple, and moral. We are happy and joyful. We have things to live for. And so they despise us. And the left uses that and weaponizes those people against the actual party they're supposed to represent. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Ron McDaniel never wanted to resign. Ron McDaniel would have stayed in this position forever, clinging to her gavel, all right, till we pride it from, metaphorically, her cold dead hands, as the saying goes. But Ron McDaniel was forced to resign by you and by me. And this is where we actually put meat on this bone, baby, because this proved how powerful we really are. Don't miss this moment. We, as a grassroots movement, were able to engage in kinetic, geometric, influence, warfare, to prove to Rana how unpopular she really was. Now, a lot of this, a lot of the groundwork of this was laid by Charlie Kirk, Tyler Boyer at Turning Point USA. This was continued, this work was continued by Scott Pressler, trolling savagely Rana McDaniel on social media day after day after day after day. Pull up the uh, Scott Pressler thread. Scott tweeted every single day that Ronna did not contact him to help get out the vote for the GOP, Scott tweeted. There are 297 tweets in a row where Ronna McDaniel refused to call the number one door knocker in America for Republican causes. And then, ladies and gentlemen, this is how you actually make influence real. You bring that influence into reality you literally manifest it into reality and this finally happened when vivek ranswami took the stage after i will admit a little bit of uh coaching by yours truly we were it's not coaching we were just like talk, we were just we were just talking we were just talking shit together vivek invited me to film a documentary about his debate performance. I walked in with my coffee. He was sitting there on the couch and he's like, what should I say? It's all in the documentary. And I said, Ronna McDaniel is the most unpopular person in the Republican party. She's holding us back. She is a repulsive troglodyte and she hates the base. And the base, if you want the base on your side, you should call for Rhonda McDaniel to resign. She'll be in the room and she'll hear it. And so what happens in the in the course of all of those, that entire lineage of actual grassroots activism is that we build upon ourselves, we build upon each other. And all I did was add an accelerant, a like uranium-235 uh, unstable element accelerant to create a viral moment that broke the internet and where Rana was finally able to hear the ringing in her ears of everyone cheering for her to resign. It's easy to block people on social media. It's easy to mute them. It's easy to say they don't exist because their accounts are anons. But when a stadium of people cheer for your resignation while you sit in the front row, they piss in your punch bowl, That ringing will stay stuck in your ears forever. It will haunt you. And it will make it untenable for any donor or any politician to come to your rescue. And that is how we defeated Ron McDaniel. That is why we defeated Ron McDaniel. And this, ladies and gentlemen, was the breaking point
3: right here. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, Please make your case. Why would you? Uh, Why should you be the nominee and not the former president?
4: I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronald McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my yield, my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Let me turn to
1: Governor 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 Christie.
4: Why? Hot damn.
1: This is how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. This is how it's done. So this is now the conclusion of the most successful grassroots influence operation, kinetic warfare against a fraud, a usurper, a Trojan horse, a cloak and dagger leftist who has, through hook and crook, taken control of our Republican Party. And we just took control back in the greatest revolution that has ever happened in American politics in the modern era, the greatest peaceful revolution in the modern era. No corporations were behind this. No dark, black, gra- uh, you know, uh, astroturfed operation. It was just us using our influence, listening to our audience. How do I know? How am I able to advise Vivek to go after Rana? Because I listen to you and I like you and you listen to me. And we are we're, we're together in this and that's the power of you. And this is the power of happy warriors. You can't defeat an army of happy warriors. And so this is actual influence. This is an uh, this is a real scalp that you got. And so thank you. If you weren't up in the comment sections, if I wasn't getting the feedback from you about how much you hate Rana, Romney, and the entire rotted system, then maybe we wouldn't have gone so hard. But ladies and gentlemen, mark my words. I sat right, I sat in the front of that row during that answer. And Ronna McRomney was right behind me. And I could hear her bitching and mewling and hissing during that answer. She was having an apoplectic meltdown, okay? I could hear it. If we had phones, if they allowed us to use our phones, I would have filmed it. But they snap at you if you have your phones up. That stuck. That was the physical manifestation of everything we've done here digitally. All of the bedrock, infrastructure, engineering that we put in physically to get Rana out. And we won. And it's so special. And so now what do we do? We return the RNC to the people. We return the RNC to the Republican voters. We return this country to the people and we remove the rot and decay from our institutions. And Ronald McDaniel, Ronna McRomney represents that perfectly. After being called out, after being called out on stage and humiliated, what does she do? Ronald McRomney runs to her friends, not Republicans, not conservatives, not, not this show, God forbid. But not not Charlie Kirk show, Bongino, Shapiro. I don't care Tucker, whatever. She doesn't. She wouldn't dare go on conservative media. Like a rat. Caught in a trap, she tried to scurry, rapidly. To the only friend she had left. It tells you everything where she ran. This is where she ran. Thank you for
2: being part of that, because this is a time where we met the moment. Thank you so much for having us. It was an honor Thank to you.
5: co-moderate that debate. We Thank really appreciate it. Rhonda McDaniel, thanks for being here. Thanks for having
1: me. Good to see you. He ran to the Russian collusion hoaxers. This rat. She ran to the people that told you Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. To the people who cheered on Trump's impeachments. She scurried to the comforting glow of the CNN cameras, for instance. Remember? She called CNN. She didn't call Tucker Carlson when she became chairwoman. She called CNN to do an a, a, like a Vaseline-soaked, gooey profile on her because she's so important because it's all about her, right, and her story. It's all about dunking on all the white men in the Republican Party. We are the problem. Remember, it's ron McDaniel. Ronna McRomney, who is the enlightened one, the person who's lost every election since she, she lost 2018. She lost huge across the board in 2020. She lost in 2022. She lost in 2021. She lost in 2023. No, but it's it's Ronna who's enlightened. Because of her gender, you're not allowed to criticize her. It's despicable. Despicable, leftist intersectionality and feminism is what she represented. And you can see that light a house on fire. Don't. Okay. But light a house on fire and see where someone runs, the owner of the house. It'll show you what they actually value. Okay. So Rana's house was on fire metaphorically after that debate. And so where does Rana run? You know, you run to your safe, right? You run and you grab your precious valuables that you can't be replaced, right? If your house is on fire, you just grab, you know, obviously your children. So where did Rana run when the house was burning down around her? Huh. Right back to CNN, the real precious in her life. Watch.
5: Personal attacks against
2: you aside, if you look at what Republicans have uh, have dealt with, Over the last few years, Republicans lost the White House in 2020, did not win the Senate back in 2022. The House has a Republican majority, but it's so narrow they can barely govern. And on Tuesday, on the state level, Republicans lost big in Virginia and in Kentucky. Are Republicans right to be frustrated? I understand being frustrated. Of course, we want to win. And I look at the RNC, though, and I'm proud of what we're doing. I mean, we're a turnout machine. We don't do the messaging the candidates do with their pollsters and their campaigns. But I look at our minority outreach that we're doing and the growth we've seen with Hispanic and Asian voters. I look at 2022. Republicans won the popular vote. We turned out four million more voters and we would have won the Electoral College. The RNC builds the road. All the candidates drive on it. You need a good candidate and a good road to get to your destination. And the things we're doing right now with our Bank Your Vote initiative and with 70 lawsuits that we're in, we just won won one in New Hampshire that upholds voter ID on top of our engagement with minority communities. I'm really proud of what the RNC does.
1: She's really proud. She's lost every election. She, when her house is on fire, runs to MSNBC and CNN to save her house. She runs to her most precious assets, the corporate media that tells you exactly who she is. She didn't run to this show. She didn't run to Charlie Kirk's show. She didn't run to Tucker's show. Ladies and gentlemen, The chairwoman of the RNC ran to the corporate leftist, Democrat-controlled and operated propaganda arms to save her ass. What does that tell you about who she is and who's actually running her? And why it was so, this purge, this smoking out of the rat was so important. I believe in my heart of hearts, it was all operational that she wanted to lose. Now, maybe you're screaming at me in the comment section after the last segment. What was the 2020 election shenanigans? Yeah. Where was the RNC to fight them? Where was the RNC suing to stop unlimited, unaccountable mail-in ballots? Where was the, it's literally their job definitionally to solve those problems for us, to ensure election integrity. All that money the RNC raised to ensure election integrity across the nation. Uh, Where's it gone exactly? Can anybody point to a win? Hmm. Interesting, that. Rana wasn't on Fox News because Rana had a um, horrible, horrible time on Laura Ingram's show. Laura Ingram is, you know, whatever, okay? Like, whatever, you know? Like, not my favorite show. Not my least favorite show. Certainly not like a bomb throw. You know what I mean? Like not like not like a flamethrower kind of show. You know what I mean? Like it's probably a really safe booking. And after Vivek called for a resignation, she goes on Laura Ingram to try and like you know weasel her way back into the good graces of the Republican Party. And it is this is singularly the greatest uh, lit dumpster fire interview. Not just a dumpster fire. Okay, so it's a it's a train that's on fire that's carrying dumpsters, and those dumpsters are filled uh, with cow manure for cows that have been eating Taco Bell all day. And it's that train just flies into a cliff, off a cliff and into the Grand Canyon. That's the kind of train wreck that this interview was. Check this out. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if we've done this to Laura Ingram, if Ronna McDaniel has no safe space even on Fox News, How powerful are we? Come on. Watch. it. One of the things, Arana, that happened was, uh, I think, in Virginia, people were wondering where the money was, whether they were going to get some help from the RNC. And I I know at one point you said that, that you were not asked for money in Virginia, but a source, a Republican source familiar with the Youngkin team in Virginia, told the angle late tonight that that is false. And well, there, just- meaning your story keeps changing. Anyone who thinks Virginia Republicans wouldn't want to help when we knew we'd be outspent isn't being serious. You know, Rana, no they more. were outspent by $8 million. Dollars.
2: Glenn Youngkin and, and it did a phenomenal job and he raised a lot of money. A lot of people don't understand fundraising. I can't raise state dollars. I don't get unlimited convention and, yep. and state dollars. Uh, and these were state house and state senate races. The RNC uh, federal it. committee. So, I mean, come on. Can you just, right. this, these are people who come after me all the time. They're on Twitter. They're all the time. And let's see their results. What did they do in Virginia? How much money did they yep. give? But let me stand by something else. In 2022, Rana, we, we got, took back yep. the House and the RNC is yep. part of we that. We're roll. building the road and yep. we're launching Bank Your Vote. We've got to All do that. Right, We've we got to roll, vote but early. thank you for.
1: <laughs> so a member of my production staff used to work with Glenn Youngkin, knows Virginia very, very well. It is, it is losing, losing his damned mind in the comments here in our chat about what a lie that is. Ronna McRomney just didn't want to help in Virginia. There were tons of winnable races. She refused to give a penny to them, probably because of some personal grudge, probably because she couldn't make money off of the money she gives to them, which is how the RNC works. It's like straight up corruption, mafia level corruption. So literally every single penny that's spent is a kickback scheme. To get RNC members rich. We'll see what happens. We'll see who becomes the next RNC chair. And let's have a very hard audit of where the money was spent. We don't need a hard audit. Like like we need like an actual proper independent auditor to come in and do a forensic audit of everywhere that RNC dollars were spent. When you actually open up the books, this is what you see. Exclusive analysis shows RNC spent millions on private jets, limos, luxury retreats, and Broadway shows under Romney. Check that out. You can see in the article where the uh, expenditures are. But let's just do some top line here. $1.3 million on private jets. $1.3 million. Not on getting out the vote. Not on door knockers. What could Scott Pressler do with like $300,000 or $300? Scott Pressler works for like free. But $3.1 million on private jets to fly around these snobs who hate you, to sneer at you. They can't even fly in commercial. It's commercial airlines is going to go everywhere they need to go. Can't even fly there. $17 million on donor mementos. $1.3 million on limousine and chauffeur services. $1.3 million on limos. $750,000 on floral arrangements. My God. on alcohol-related expenditures. Grotesque. Grotesque. Meanwhile, the DNC is spending all of their money, all all of their money, on getting out the vote and on election infrastructure. Truly, truly grotesque. I mean, people people should have to face criminal liability, quite frankly, uh, for the lat for like a fiduciary obligation to their donors to not spend the money on private jets so when you when you donate five bucks out of your hard-earned cash to the rnc um that's going to rana's private jet that's like a a fraction of a second of jet fuel for rana plus her limousines
3: this episode is supported by fx's clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 clippers owners racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu.
1: DNC, on the other hand, their spending is all buttoned down and tightened up. No luxuries. Pure get-out-the-vote. Pure get-out-the-vote for the DNC. And it's what's finally led to Donald Trump to say, enough, enough. And we have to thank Donald Trump for being the last brick in the wall, the last domino to fall. So all these dominoes fall all the way up, Vivek, RNC, disasters, donors pull out, and then finally the last domino to fall. And it's the big one, the big orange domino, Donald Trump comes down like a Wall. The man knows his walls. On Rana. And has her to Mar a Lago and says, You fired. And that happened this week, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have video of that happening, but we do have this
4: tougher.
0: You talk about this optimism uh, ahead that w- that we could see some relief, but the RNC doesn't seem to be so strong. I mean, the Democrats have all the money. Look at what we see. We've got the Democrats actually uh, with the money and, and uh, spending it. The RNC seeking credit lines. The RNC reported its lowest bank balance at the point in any year in 2016. Comerica says Michigan GOP defaulted on a loan of half a million
3: dollars. So
4: I have a lot of money and the money that they get People are not looking at the RNC. They want they want changes. I, you have to understand. I have nothing to do with the RNC. I don't I'm separate. How's Ron McDaniel doing? Uh, I think she did great when she ran Michigan for me. I think she did OK initially in the RNC. I would say right now uh, there'll probably be some changes made. You-
1: There's going to be changes made. This is Donald Trump doing his Donald Trump close to the vest thing and saying, nope, I've already called for the changes and I've, I've made the changes happen. Donald Trump understood how untenable it is. And if if Donald Trump is a master of something, it is a master of reading energy. The man is a true savant at understanding where the country is, reading the energy, and where it's at. Now, luckily, I think we're gonna have a much easier time with our next target, Mitch. Mitch is the last one, the last rotted limb in this dead tree that deserves to be cut down. You're next, Mitch. This man is, of course, not a Republican. This man is, at best, a uniparty corg who is totally and completely owned and influenced by his Chinese investments, by his friends in China, which have gotten him filthy wealthy, and is often found holding hands sidling up to and grabbing hold of Joe Biden on the campaign trail. There are images, let's put them up just in case, just in case we need any further, just in case we need any further evidence, you obviously know what a despicable Judas Mitch McConnell is. But imagine going out with Joe Biden and literally hugging him on the campaign trail. Mitch McConnell's statements to the press recently are, I trust Joe Biden 100% implicitly, he said, about the immigration bill that just went down in flames. Mitch McConnell is now going down in flames. Members of Mitch McConnell, very influential, members of Mitch McConnell's own caucus of Republicans in the Senate are saying he must go. Understand the world we are living in now. Mitch McConnell must go. The guy who grabs the hand of, and endorses the opposition party is an agent for the opposition party with Rana, with Nikki, with Mitch. And ladies and gentlemen, we are now, the Grim Reapers coming and knocking on the door. Here we go. Ted Cruz, Mitch has got to go. Watch.
0: Is it time for
6: Mitch McConnell to go? I think it is. Look, everyone here also supported a leadership challenge to Mitch McConnell in November. Uh, I think a Republican leader should actually lead this conference and should advance the priorities of Republicans. I can tell you what I said when we had that leadership election in November of 2022. It was right after a very disappointing election. 2022, the wind was at our back. It should have been a phenomenal Republican election year. Republicans should have won the Senate. We should have won a big majority in the House. Instead, we lost a seat in the Senate and we barely got a majority in the House. And and I stood up and said, look, in any ordinary organization, when you are faced with failure, if you're running a business and you lose 50 million dollars, you don't just say, hey, everything's great. Let's keep doing it. No, you sit down and say, what are we doing wrong? And at that meeting, I turned to Mitch McConnell then, and I said, look, we spent the last two years with a group, a handful of Republicans joining with Democrats to pass the Democrat agenda. And I said, maybe, maybe that's a good idea. I, I don't think it is, but someone could make the argument that's a good idea.
1: Let me tell you what. When you have senators as powerful as Ted Cruz, who is arguably one of the most powerful senators when it comes to influence, saying Mitch's got to go. There's, they no longer fear him, right? All totalitarian dictatorships are run out of fear. They no longer fear Mitch. When you have senators sharing memes about Mitch McConnell, which is so unbelievably fascinating, we're gonna, we're gonna grab this meme. ALX is looking for it right now. Here's another funny meme, ladies and gentlemen. Mitch McConnell, <laughs> Kinzinger, Cheney, Romney, Romney. Hey, Mitch. Knock, 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 knock. Ladies and gentlemen, we are, ALX is saying maybe he deleted, maybe he deleted. Okay, fine. If ALX AI can't find it, then maybe it was a figment of my imagination. I know for a fact that that Rick Scott tweeted an anti-Mitch McConnell meme, trolling Mitch McConnell. Mike Lee trolling Mitch McConnell. The actual leaders of the Senate are now all anti-McConnell. This is our moment. This is our moment. It is time to eradicate from our party institutional leftism, which travels through our bloodstream as a parasite, attempting to infect us with the woke mind virus, and it's time for us to return to first principles, America first. It is amazing to have actual influence. Well done all of you who hopped up in the comment section, who messaged this show, who spoke with us. This is your win. This is our win together. We are in a community. We are an actual movement. That movement has power. And it's actually great to weaponize that power and to use it to save this country. And that is precisely what we are doing. Ladies and gentlemen, ALX has found the meme, he says. And here it is. Oh, from Ron Johnson. My bad. It's a funny Charlie Brown meme. And it has Mitch McConnell. Being Charlie Brown, missing the football. (laughs) What a world! Senators literally trolling their own leadership. Uh, This is on the immigration bill. Trolling their own leadership. Pull the football, Mitch McConnell flat on his back, having a seizure as he often does. Mm, So special. I can prove to you, ladies and gentlemen, that there are members of our party who are just functionally Democrat plants. That use Democrat talking points and Democrat intersectionality in order to try and defend themselves and put up some type of virtue shield. But that shield has crumbled and it has crumbled for one of the worst out there, Nikki Haley. An important reminder and a tie in to our next story because Nikki Haley got absolutely destroyed yesterday. In one of the greatest political humiliations, not as bad as Rana. Rana's political humiliation is worse. I just got to bathe in it. But Nikki Haley's humiliation yesterday is a very close runner up. A reminder that Nikki Haley went on a uh obscure uh uh, uh in like an uh, obscure astroturfed uh inside the beltway succubus podcast right after uh Ron McDaniel and Nikki both got destroyed on the debate stage. Nikki Haley, of course, scurries off to her friendlies And has the audacity to say this about our movement and our criticism of them? Go. Happens. He comes
5: out of the gate. He hits the female chair of the party. He hits the female anchor on the platform, and then he hits me. And I'm not saying anything.
3: I ain't saying. I'm just saying. But
5: he might have a girl problem. (laughs) I'm just saying. He might have a girl problem.
1: I'm putting ALX to work. ALX, can you find me that clip of Hillary Clinton saying the same thing about Trump? Like, at what point? Like, how stupid are we? Like, how how endemic is the rot in our party where Nikki Haley can use the same lines that Hillary Clinton used against Trump? This is why we call her Nikki Hillary. Ron McDaniel, of course, trotted Nikki Haley in there going, you get him, girl saying the same thing. Vivek has a woman problem, you see. And those are the exact same words that the left uses all the time, anytime you criticize them. Kamala Harris is a good example. Don't even have to go back to Hillary Clinton. Kamala Harris, great example. This is leftist talking points. Don't argue the merits. Don't argue the actual core of the argument or don't listen to the criticisms Just hide behind your skin color or your gender, where you were born. The left does this all the time. It is the shield, the grotesque shield of DEI and wokeness that they use to insulate themselves from criticism. Here's just a wonderful example, one of many of Libs doing this to us. So here's Hillary Clinton uh, getting a metaphorical fellatio from CNN on camera Christiana alain interviewing Hillary Clinton, asking about Republican criticism of her policies. And what does Hillary do? Let me, let's play them, you can play them side by side. What's Hillary's immediate reflex when she's criticized? Watch.
3: What goes through your mind, and particularly, how do you process that this person who defeated you back in 2016 is still at it, given all that you've said? Ninety-one indictments, you know, civil fraud, sexual transgressions according to the courts. How how is this still happening?
5: It's the classic tale of uh, an authoritarian uh, populist uh, who really has a grip on the emotional, psychological uh, needs and desires of a portion of the uh, population. And the base of the Republican Party, for whatever combination of reasons, and it is emotional and psychological, um, sees in him someone who speaks for them. And they are determined that they will continue to vote for him, attend his rallies, where his merchandise, because for whatever reason, he and his you know, very negative, uh, nasty form of politics resonates with them.
1: Let me read to you the transcript. Hillary Clinton asked about Trump supporters. And what does Hillary Clinton say? Oh, they don't like migrants. They don't like gay people. They don't like black people. They don't like women. I'm a woman. And they don't want me to be in power because I'm a woman. So you just heard Nikki Haley getting criticized. And she says, it's because they have a woman problem, the Republican Party. Talk about Republicans. She's trying to talk about Vivek as a cutout. Nope. She's talking about Republicans. Vivek may be Donald Trump's vice president. We don't know. So Nikki Haley goes on to continue to talk about the base of the Republican Party, talking about where she's from. In South Carolina, saying everyone judged her because of her skin color. They hated her because of her skin color. She's a victim. Everyone's mean to me because of my skin color, she says, in South Carolina. Like, at what point do we start understanding that these are the exact same people? Nikki Haley, Hillary Clinton, the same people. Rich, powerful. Women who want you to know that they're the victim and that you, working your fingers to the bone, barely getting by, you're the oppressor. They scream at you from their private plane on their way to their mansion, funded by Boeing or the Clinton Foundation, they're the same thing. Emblematic of the same curse on our society, wokeism, intersectionality. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Haley doing literally learning from her hero, Hillary Clinton.
5: We were the only Indian family in our small Southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep South as a brown girl. Anybody can look at my record and see when Walter Scott was shot down by a dirty cop, how I made sure that the Walter Scott family didn't suffer because we put the first body camera bill in the country in place. Anybody can look at the fact that when we had nine amazing souls die in Mother Emanuel Church, I did something that no Republican or Democrat ever wanted to touch, which was call for the Confederate flag to come down because it would take two thirds of the House and Senate and was an impossible feat. I don't know what you're implying with that, but what I will tell you is saying that I had black friends is a source of pride, saying that I had white friends is a source of pride. If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black because they didn't know where to put me. So look, I know the hardships, the pain that come with racism. It's the reason that I fight bullies every day when it comes to racism, anti-Semitism or hate. And I always will. If I didn't mention slavery on that day, it's because that's an automatic. There's always been the Civil War's always been known about slavery.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, here's a photo of Nikki Haley's. Um, it's a photo of Nikki Haley's class. Oh, we don't have it. OK. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll uh, we'll grab that in just a moment. Um, Nikki Haley is lying to you. Vanessa Williams is the first black woman to win Miss America title in 1984. Ladies and gentlemen, these are approximately the same years that Nikki Haley is telling you that she was banned from a beauty pageant. I'm sorry, but those two stories don't make any sense. In 1984, Miss America was Vanessa Williams. But Nikki Haley is saying that there's no place in beauty pageants for brown people. That's what she said. Nikki Haley's uh, elementary school class, apparently, teased her for her skin color. But like half of Nikki Haley's elementary school class were minorities. It doesn't make any sense. Here's the photo. There's Nikki Haley. Somebody's going to have to explain this. What it seems like to me is that Nikki Haley just actually wants to be a victim because that's where she, a Democrat, gets power. She wishes to play the victim card as hard and as much as possible, whether it's skin color, gender, race, where she comes from. That's actually what Nikki Haley's trying to do, and she learned it from her hero. Her hero is Hillary Clinton. How do I know that? Because I'm trying to slander her, trying to, like, ruin her campaign? Nope. Because she's literally said it so many times, it's embarrassing. Watch. If you have
5: to lie to win, you don't deserve to win. I never said Hillary Clinton was an inspiration. You know, I often say that the reason I got into politics was because of Hillary Clinton. I didn't know her, although I had met her several years before at a women's professional event in Greenville, South Carolina. At that event, she had inspired me to run for office and make my voice heard. And in some ways, she remained inspiring. She is actually the reason that I made... The jump.
3: Because you write about her being a big inspiration for you.
5: I went with my friend Eleanor Kitzman to a firm and leadership program where Hillary Clinton was speaking. And I walked out of there and I said, I'm running for office.
1: Mm, she's so inspirational. I'm with her. Are we stupid? At what point do we begin as a party to wise up? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have some really good news for you. The Republican party is rejecting Nikki Haley, even without Donald Trump on the ballot. The Republican party is actually treating Nikki Haley just like Nikki Hillary. Same thing as if Hillary Clinton tried to run as a Republican. Uh, That is the results from last night's Nevada primary, where in a very weird little, I don't know, like strange Nevada thing, the party's doing a caucus and a primary. So they did a primary without Donald Trump's name being on the ballot. The caucus is what actually matters because the caucus is where you get delegates for the GOP convention that Donald Trump will win. But even without Donald Trump's name on the ballot, Nikki Hillary lost in a landslide to none of these candidates, okay? So literally no one was able to beat Hillary Clinton, a like gray mannequin, NPC was able to beat Hillary Clinton. Air was able to beat Nikki Hillary. Nikki Hillary just lost because of air. Was the air right then? The, the air didn't like my, the, the air had the woman problem. And That's what it's gonna be. Okay, got it. Yeah. How humiliating is that? Oh, it's wonderful. Into my veins. Here's the Nevada
4: Revolt.
0: A Fox News election alert, a shocking
2: upset for Nikki Haley in Nevada, as nearly 63 percent of the Republican primary vote goes to none of these candidates instead of her. The former South Carolina governor getting only about half of that.
1: Mm. I love when these shows have like nice, big, broad themes that we can sort of latch our hooks into and carry forward. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the theme. The theme is that the Republican Party is done being tricked. We are wiser now, we are more organized now. We have a real movement now. We are no longer a corporate vestige of astroturfed gray sludge. Our influencers are influential. And in large part because of the audiences like this and because of the freedom of speech that we have on platforms like X, we are able to actually organize who speak truth. And we were able to create these moments, these inception moments, where all of this activism becomes real and Rana hears it ringing in her ears and Nikki heard it last night. Death has become the old party of Mitt Romney, John McCain, the Bush dynasty, the Cheneys, they're all gone and good riddance, ladies and gentlemen. If you've heard from Dick Cheney recently, you'll realize that uh, that man ain't doing well. But you, on the other hand, should be taking care of your health. That is why I encourage you to use The Wellness Company. In a world that is quickly descending into chaos, Please make sure that you are protected and your health is protected. Make sure that you have emergency kits around to protect yourself from something innocent, like a tick bite or from COVID-19 or the next bioweapon, whatever it is. Just these X, right? Yeah. The Wellness Company makes sure that you have an emergency.
5: This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
1: ...emergency kit that has all of the prepared, life-saving medications in it, z pack and, well, other antibiotics, with the instructions for how to correctly and safely use them, written by none other than Dr. Peter McCullough, one of the best guys in the world on this topic. To order, go to twc.health slash Benny. That's twc.health slash Benny. Enter, enter the code Benny for 10% off. Health slash Benny. Ladies and gentlemen, someone who has been willing to fight this fight against these corrupt systems for such a long time, somebody who has... Um, taking her share of slings and arrows because she's willing to stand up against this corruption, endemic in both parties. Somebody who can speak with great authority about the Uniparty and their machinations against us in DC is the great real American from real America. Somebody who's always put America first, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, who joins the show now. Congresswoman, a good day to you. Welcome back to the program. The audience has missed you.
0: Uh, you know what? I've missed you guys. Uh, it's been busy uh, the past few months. I've had some some changes going on. But, you know, we have a job to do here in Washington, D.C., and I need more Republicans to actually take that seriously uh, so we can Uh, hold some of these folks accountable who are creating the chaos in our nation. And I'm so grateful for you and your show uh, and all of your viewers, because you're actually getting information to the, to the people who are paying attention, who want to change in our country. So thank you, Benny, for all that you do, uh, keeping our youth informed and engaged.
1: That's what this is all about. I don't know if we can use the word scalped anymore, but like the, I guess the chiefs are in the Super Bowl, so I guess it's okay now, but like, uh, and I think they should turn the commanders back to the Redskins. Everyone likes the Redskins. But whatever. Scalping is what's happening right now when it comes to frauds in the Republican Party and people who are voting with the Uniparty. People like Ron McDaniel, people like Nikki Haley are being humiliated and embarrassed. Yesterday, there was a vote against the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas somebody who clearly should be impeached because he is, uh, you know, obviously defying the law and orchestrating an invasion in this country. Um, Yet there were Republicans who voted against it. One of those Republicans is from your home state of Colorado. Can you talk us through like exactly what's going on there? Uh, What the status of the Alejandro Mayorkas impeachment vote is? And why did Republicans vote against it?
0: Yes. So, you know, it's really frustrating when you see something like this where we actually can hold Secretary Mayorkas accountable for uh, his this willful invasion. Uh, This is absolutely intentional, what he is allowing to happen at our southern border. Uh, Eight million people coming into our country illegally, 6.2 illegals that have come across and been captured and released. We have this information. Almost every Republican, maybe every Republican has been to the border and has seen firsthand that it's the cartel who have operational control of our southern border. Not border patrol, not customs, The cartel have operational control and no one crosses that border without the cartel knowing it and getting their fees for allowing them to cross into our country. The human trafficking that is taking place, the fentanyl that is coming into our country, the fentanyl that has caused Colorado to be the number two state in the nation for fentanyl overdoses. Secretary Mayorkas is accountable for this and he is responsible for this and and it is our job to bring justice to the American people. And when I see three Republicans hold the line in a very bad way to not allow this vote to pass, it is sickening. Now, I do want people to know who maybe don't, uh, that fourth Republican no vote uh, is someone who is in favor of impeachment. Uh, Blake Moore from Utah, he took one for the team and he voted no so we could have a motion to recommit and have another chance at uh, actually passing this in the future. So Blake Moore was a yes on impeachment. He is a yes. This was a procedural move. So we would have another chance at actually impeaching Secretary Mayorkas. But to see uh, my my fellow colleagues, especially from Colorado, knowing the devastation, uh, I speak to parents on all too often, who have lost children to fentanyl in Colorado. And I know that we have to do something about it. Um, So right now, I would say everyone who voted against impeaching Secretary Mayorkas and believed in that no vote, uh, they are responsible right now for what is happening, because we can have action to actually secure the border and stop this crisis. But they refused because of some sort of pride that they found deep within. I haven't heard a good reason. Um, I heard my Colorado colleague say, well, this opens Pandora's box, and the next time we have a Republican president, well, the Democrats will just impeach him for what, whatever they want. Benny, <laughs> that's already happened. <laughs> We're already there. <laughs> and guess what? When President Trump is in office, if we give the Democrats an opportunity to have the majority, they will do it again they'll find another reason um but that is why we have to keep our majority and make sure that president trump is
1: strong when he returns to the white house so this bill isn't dead this impeachment vote isn't dead
0: that is correct Um, This bill is coming back up. And I do believe that even if it were to fail, there would be privileged resolution after privileged resolution uh, putting every Republican um, on on record for voting against this impeachment time and time again. Uh, So I I don't believe that this it, it certainly is not over right now. And like I said, Blake Moore's no vote was a procedural motion to save this legislation, to give us another chance to impeach Secretary Mayorkas.
1: So you're on oversight. There was an absolute circus when Hunter Biden came to town. Hunter Biden will be deposed very soon uh, by your committee. Uh, What will you ask him? What is the status of the impeachment process for Joe Biden?
0: Yes. So when when Hunter Biden comes in, I have a lot of questions for him, uh, but mainly I, I want I want the smoking gun questions. I want to ask him directly. Uh, have you ever seen your father engage in treason? Have you ever witnessed your father sell access to the federal government uh, and, and and be bribed? What? were you and your father bribed? I want the smoking gun. I don't want these answers that he's expecting to just gloss over and say, oh, it was a phone call and we were talking about the weather. Uh, I want to ask him point blank, is your father a criminal? And and put him on the record uh, for actually answering these things. Uh, But- this deposition um, should be an all-day event, and it's not something that he can just uh, get up and have political theater and exit in a dramatic way. Uh, Hunter Biden uh, has agreed to show uh, to show up and appear before the Oversight Committee uh, for this deposition. It is a closed-door meeting, but we will be uh, putting all the information that we receive out. It's either that or hold him in contempt for ignoring our first uh, subpoena uh, for him to come before Oversight But if we hold him in contempt right now, then we don't get any of the answers that we're looking for. Uh, So it is important to try to get some information out of him. And then, of course, if he pulls another stunt, then we do hold him in contempt.
1: What were you thinking during that? I mean, you've been in Congress a couple of years. Like, What were you thinking when you saw Hunter Biden come rolling up, like sit in the front row of a contempt hearing?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, so with with Hunter Biden um, just showing up, this was, this was planned. This was uh, political theater. And it, I believe it was the Democrats coordinating with Hunter Biden saying, yes, Republicans are not expecting you to show up. They never in their wildest dreams uh, imagined you to be here. So come on in and tell them, you know, you're here to answer their questions. But of course, he wasn't there to answer questions because three questions deep, he hightailed out of there. Uh yeah. you know this is, um it, but this is a, a this is someone coming from a family that has no respect for America that is owned by Ukraine, owned by China, owned by uh by uh Romania. I mean, we we've seen the payments made to them. There is no Biden uh Business. There is no Biden family business. The only thing that they've ever sold is access to our government. And that is a huge problem. So to have Hunter Biden um, come in and show once again his utter disrespect for our system of government, for our Constitution, for the American people who deserve answers, uh, that just shows that he and his father believe that they are above the law and that they are uh, allowed to do things that Every other American is not, but we are bringing him back in to be deposed. We will get the answers and ultimately prove to the American people that Joe Biden is a compromised president.
1: Yeah, clearly, somebody who's helping him out in all of this is a compromised colleague of yours, Eric Swalwell, who, speaking of foreign affairs, has his own special uh, has his own special uh, Chinese. Co- would you say he's effed over by China or is he effing over China? It's it's unclear to me, the puns, I'm going to try and put them together. I'm going to my writing room, but he's sitting there with Hunter Biden, allied with him and advising him to not go into the hearing. Like you could see him out there during the stunts. So it's like, at what point does Eric Swalwell catch a case here? And at what point does he get censured by Congress or what have you? I mean, I think he's already censured, right? Like I think there's already like issues for him. Um, it's pretty grotesque and it's it's kind of insulting actually that he acts with such grandiosity uh, in flaunting the, the rules of Congress.
0: Well, what better member to assist Hunter Biden who's owned by the CCP than Eric Swalwell? <laughs> I mean, certainly he has uh, his love for China and uh, yeah, I, I think we need just start stapling censures uh, to a lot of these Democrats, you know, we'll, we'll just make a packet for them, a binder for all the things that we're gonna censure them over. Uh, and, you know, I, I, also Democrats um, and and Republicans, frankly, have opened up, if you want to talk about Pandora's box, um, an, a, an opportunity to be expelled over anything. Uh, and so, you know, at, at some point, yes. you know, the, people are going to start demanding that these Democrats be expelled for their allegiance to other countries and, uh, and their involvement in, in actually preventing uh, legislative business from happening. We had a hearing scheduled, we had a, dep- a deposition scheduled and a subpoena that was issued to Hunter Biden and er- Eric Swalwell assisted and him not being present. And, yeah. uh, you popped right out of the Secret Service vehicle and into the press conference um, outside of the cap- Capitol, um, not just giving a middle finger to uh, to the House of Representatives, but to the American people.
1: Yes. So Eric Swalwell, uh, very much looking forward to, <laughs> very much looking forward to more Eric Swalwell puns. Fang, uh, fang, bang, bang, yum, yum. People of People have used them all across the show. We encourage as much making fun of Eric Swalwell as humanly possible. Ted Cruz said that Eric Swalwell wears a tux swimsuit uh, from Target on our show, so we we welcome all of this. You say that you wanna ask this man the smoking gun question, Hunter Biden, but our audience, Congresswoman, has a smoking gun question for you about your actual smoking gun. Question comes from the Benny Brigade, Joshua Markley. Since we know you are a proud concealed carry individual, can you tell us about your holster, pistol, ammo of choice? How often do you practice at the range?
0: Uh, Yeah, so uh, I've been an advocate for the Second Amendment uh, for, uh, gosh, almost 15 years now when i opened my restaurant shooter's grill which you have been to benny uh in rifle colorado that's when i started uh carrying uh so now i, I would say that i have many uh, firearms but unfortunately just this past weekend i was in a boating accident and sadly lost um my entire collection uh so it was it was big and beautiful though um uh, my my carry my firearm carry of choice uh in dc is my glock 43 and um I do have an over the shoulder holster uh, that I could wear with my dresses and uh, put my blazer over that and of course um there's there's always room in my handbag for it but I I'm not responsible with a handbag. Um, if you ask my staff I leave it, all, the, all over the place. And so that is my least favorite place to carry my firearm because I don't want to arm someone, uh, who picks up my, my handbag. Uh, so I like to have especially my, especially in D.C. Especially in D.C. So I like to have my firearm, um, on my person. And, um, uh, so, uh, of course, um, uh, of course I, I have hollow points in my, uh, in my firearm. I, I don't use target, uh, Uh, Ammunition uh, just walking around. Uh, She's always loaded, chambered, ready to go. And um, back home in Colorado, I really love um, to open carry, and I have a great little tactical rig that uh, straps around my thigh, and that is custom made by Michael Coors in Colorado. Uh, I think I think he's got his website, michaelcoors.com. Um, and uh, anyway, there you go, not, there it is. Not the fancy handbag, folks. Um, but anyway, that that's what I like to carry, and uh, certainly like to practice. Is there? Yeah, you got my tactical rig right there. Um, and so. I, I like to uh, go out and shoot as much as possible. Um, it's definitely a great stress reliever too. Uh, and you know how sometimes I get a little bit of that in my life.
1: Yeah, yeah I I still would like to invite you to help me blow up the magnonomers, the metal detectors, the Nancy Pelosi put up. At the entrance of the Capitol, that is, uh, that is a that is a video that we want to make. That is a video we absolutely want to make. She put those up to stop you, right? Like Nancy Pelosi put those up to stop you from carrying.
0: Benny, when I got to Congress, uh, you know, I got my concealed, uh, I got my concealed weapons permit here in Washington D.C. I said I was going to carry to work. I I do carry to work. Nancy Pelosi called me the enemy within and put up magnetometers. She- outside the House chambers to impede members of Congress from actually being able to vote and would fine us up to $10,000 for going around the metal detectors, uh, then we owe it to the American people to fill those magnetometers with tannerite and blow them to smithereens.
1: Okay, done. We'll get we'll get. All the producers are on right now in the production chat. We'll get it on the schedule. Congresswoman, God bless you. Fighting the good fight, keeping America free from the great state of Colorado. Godspeed.
0: Bye, Benny, thanks.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we will be asking our guests questions from the Benny Brigade. These questions come directly from you and we will be listing them show. We have the guests that we have booked out available inside of the members only section of our website, bennyjohnson.com backslash brigade. Join today for the cost of a happy meal per month. It supports us, it keeps us free. It allows us to do the work that actually is getting results. Unlike so many other people, we are actually literally getting results and changing society and changing this party for the better. If you wish to support us, we know times are tough right now. If you wish to support us, please go today and sign up for the Benny Brigade. Please go today. And keep this show free and independent. And even if you're just watching, we say, God bless you. And we say, thank you. There's a reason why this is all happening. There's a reason why they're psychotically going after Trump. And why they're psychotically going after our movement. And that reason is because of polling, ladies and gentlemen. Where we are finding that Donald Trump is not only winning by a little, not winning by like the margins, but is now rolling in such a dominant fashion to victory in 2024, nothing is guaranteed. Keep your head on a swivel, keep marching forward, boys. But that Donald Trump is winning in such a dominant fashion that NBC News had to, through tears, through bitter, searing tears, had to report that Donald Trump is winning the greatest margin in history in their poll. They've been doing this poll for the entire life of Donald Trump's political career and doing it for the entire life of Joe Biden's and has never found Donald Trump winning by such a large margin. Ladies and gentlemen, NBC News with the absolute panic report that Donald Trump is winning Hispanics, winning the youth vote, eroded entirely the black vote that should be voting 90% for Joe Biden is more like 50%. And also winning independents by 20%. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our salt that lib of the day. Steve Kornacki reporting it out. We got our jar of salt here, ready to go. We are going to salt this lib as he reports on the absolute total dominance of our movement against these evil Mongoloids who are trying to take over our country. Uh, be blessed, ladies and gentlemen. Let us bring salt and light to these libs and let's salt that lib. We'll put your salt up on the screen, okay, while we play this wonderful clip. Let's go. <laughs>
5: political correspondent Steve Kornacki. Steve, these are some truly stunning numbers.
3: They really are, Kristen. And let's just start with the bottom line. When you ask folks, hey, if it's the general election and it's Trump versus Biden, our poll, Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden by five points. Compare that to the last time we polled back in November. Trump was ahead then, but it was only by two points. And it's even more significant when you look at it this way. Over time, we have been testing for five years now, going back to 2019, a Biden-Trump matchup. Remember, 2019, 2020, Joe Biden led. He led big in every single one of our polls. For the first time in November, Donald Trump polled ahead in our poll. And now at five points, this is the biggest lead NBC has ever had in 16 polls for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. And of course, undergirding all of this is this question of he's the incumbent, Joe Biden. We ask voters, what do you think of the job he's doing? And look at that, Kristen, 37% approve, and now 60% disapproved.
5: And we should say that is the Lowest approval rating since former President George W. Bush's second term.
3: Yeah, and put that in further context, too. Bush in his second.
1: Hmm. Oh, we should have extended that clip. Oh, it's so good. The whole thing's so good. We'll get it for you on Friday. Our free free for all Friday will play the whole thing. The sodium that flowed into the street. The salt, it flowed. Oh, and it was delicious. It filled my cup. It filled my cup. What do I have? What cup do I have this morning? Cry more lib. <laughs> the, the, the brigade cup. Ladies and gentlemen, you can get it at our brand new store with the Benny Brigade. Bunch of new swag. Super awesome. Fill your cups with salt, ladies and gentlemen. And join us in this salty army, in this salty brigade. Joe Biden falls to 16 points beyond Trump in those who think he's competent as ex-president. 5% ahead in general election. Look at these numbers. Go down to the first graphic. Voters view on Donald Trump versus Biden, competence, economy, and border security. Red is, of course, Donald Trump. Blue is Biden. Pennywinkle blue. Look at that, man. Donald Trump's dominant. Border security he is just running away. Economy is running away. 20 points, 25 points. Insanity. Ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden's approval rating even worse. Scroll down one more. Joe Biden's approval rating even worse. Look at this. Disapproval, 60%. We're winning. We're winning, baby. Oh, feels good to win again. Ladies and gentlemen, no matter what the news is of the day, we will leave you with good news. We guarantee that on this show. is the Benny Show guarantee. Solid gold guarantee. We will leave you with good news because we always end our show with a Bible verse. That comes from the good book. It is uplifting. It carries our eyes to the heavens where they belong. To not care about the temporal things of this earth. This earth is a sunken, fallen place. We should fight. We'll be judged, actually, for our fight on this earth and for fighting for just causes. But ladies and gentlemen, we should always remember the victory is ours. No matter what. Okay? From Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. God has the victory for us. Happy, joyful warriors cannot be defeated. We march forward, we fight, and I'm fighting right alongside you. It's your boy, Benny.
6: See ya.